today's episode of the Outfielder Podcast, the great Sam Bino and I are back and we are talking about Major League Baseball. That's right, it's back. We're excited. 60-game season, lots going on. We don't really know if it is actually going to come, go through like the way they think that it's going to, but we are excited nonetheless. So we're talking about all the rule breakdowns, the roster compositions, and what the season's going to look like as a whole. We're excited to have you guys join us. Lots to get, get into. We hope that you guys stick around for us. We also want to remind everyone, as usual, that today's show is brought to you by Audible. We use Audible. We've been talking about it for over a year now at this company. An incredible product. I urge you guys, go over to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM, Sensibly Loud Media, SLM. You can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. You can download a book for free. Get started. It's super easy, super fun to tear through a book pretty quickly while you're listening to it, just like you do the podcast every week. audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. The great Sambino loves it. Ben Baseball loves it. I love it. you got to check it out. Audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and you let them know that the guys from Sensibly Loud sent you. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 115, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, who is in the on-deck circle. Let's see what's going on with him. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great Sam Bino. Welcome back, Sam. Hello. How are you? Not too bad, man. How are you doing? Stay like one million of sitting inside. Jesus, I know, right? It's the summertime. We haven't seen any baseball other than like Korea baseball. And it's just, it's a weird ass time, but apparently we have baseball coming back. Are you sure? No, I'm not. I'm not sure at all. I don't think this is going to happen even a little bit, to be honest with you. I think they're going to try. I think they're going to try. Players are going to continue to get sicker. They're going to try, and they're going to get like 10 games in, okay, 15 games in, and then they're going to be like, not a good idea. All right, we're going to dive into this a little bit more because I've got some questions that I've thought through a little bit when it comes to putting you know people on the field to play during a pandemic, which is just, that's an absurd sentence to begin with. It really is. And so, I mean, essentially, Major League Baseball came out with the protocol of what they're going to do, 101 pages of safety protocols that leave out a shocking amount of information and leaves a ton of ambiguity out there. Uh, but that came out this past week, and everybody seems to be gung-ho for baseball and other sports coming back. And, I mean, in the U.S., we are not even remotely in a situation where this should be a thing, in my opinion. Yeah, no, the second wave hasn't even happened because the first wave never ended. Correct. We have handled it poorly, and we're not going to go into the you know all the, the bullshit aspects of that because we've kind of been into it. But one thing I was thinking about yesterday was, remember like a month ago when we were talking about putting all these teams in bubbles in Arizona and Florida to play? Uh-huh. Those are the two worst places you could possibly be right now. Yeah, I don't think anybody mentioned that on this podcast, but it would have been a, a pretty good guess knowing that they're like, fly, largely those states fly in the face of common sense on the regular. Well, I probably would have 
thrown some shade at Florida as my guess in that sense. But I probably would have been all on board for Arizona. But if the listeners want to go back and tell me, they can put it on the listener podcast that should be out there by now. I'm tired yeah. of giving that idea uh, out. Not happening. Sp- speaking of COVID, did you see the headline on MLB.com this morning? Can I dive Dude, into that for a moment? Yes. Unbelievable. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. So- this is this this headline on MLB.com is not at all related to COVID, but when I read it, you will think that it absolutely is about COVID. the The headline is "Ride the Wave or Wipe Out." <laughs> oh! Every team has a hitter whose talents can push it to new heights. The question is, will that go down? Heavens! I mean, come on, read the room, people. Isn't that, that's room. more about what they were trying to say is here's some players who ended last season really well hitting wise. And let's see if that can happen in 2020, mm-hmm. not riding the wave of COVID or wiping out. And <laughs> is the season going to go down? Yeah, that's that, that's a pretty tough look overall, man. Like, that's really not great to be like whenever you're sitting there looking at like your target audiences, just as a writer, as a blogger, I have I always take one. I write the title. And then I write the article, and then I take a step back and say, first of all, does this title make sense? And two, is it appropriate for whatever it is? Like, whatever the situation is, whatever, that's not appropriate. That's not taking your, your time to do due diligence in that situation. They, they renamed it and pushed it down the, the homepage within, oh. like, 90 minutes. Oh, good. So good. I'm glad I got it, but it was just like... I, I honestly thought they were talking about COVID. And then I jumped in the article. They're like, they're just looking at players who had momentum last season. Correct. And I mean, to be fair, it's not like it's not uncommon for Major League Baseball to absolutely bungle something on the PR front. They should have just said players who ended 2019 really well. Can they do it? Can Again. they carry it over or something? Not like ride the wave. <laughs> Are you watching any amount of news? Very, very odd. It's very odd indeed. I'm actually looking up because I saw a few of these uh, on Twitter today, but I wanted to get your your take on it. So we're looking at a 60-game season, mm-hmm. which I was thinking about this today too. Nine weeks of baseball, and that's it. That's pretty awesome, though. That is pretty cool. It's pretty great. Um, I, I think it's interesting, though, that we are – like it's like we're going to try to apply all the normal stuff that happens in a normal season now. So like I've seen a ton of like things out there like what are the odds that someone has a plus 400 batting average this season? And you can get that for like 8 to 1. That's almost it's almost an easy lock if you really really want to get down to it, but I don't really know how it's going to work whenever the season doesn't end up finishing out. I mean, I guess it's just a push in yeah. that case you get your money back, but well, yeah, they'll probably push it. Um that's a really good point. I mean, is 30, 30 home runs would be incredible for one person. Okay, so let me ask you this: Who do you think? Ha- so who do you think leads the Aristides odds? Aquino. Do what? Aristides Aquino. Oh yeah, is that your is that your guy? <laughs> <laughs> he had like twenty two home runs in like fifteen days or some shit last year. Pretty good, actually. <laughs> um, Sorry, what was the question? So the question is for the twenty. So right now Vegas has got the players listed out as uh, like the the. The most sure odds all the way down to the most obscure ones, right? So, you know, long shot. You can just uh, choose Chris Bryant for plus 6000 In other words, betting $100 will get you 6000 if it's Chris Bryant. That's just an example. Um, who do you think is the the odds-on favorite? The best, the the most, the, the li- most littlest amount of money that you can get. It's plus 850 for this person. So, for uh, over 400 for, No, no, I'm sorry. Regular season home runs. 
Oh, okay. Uh, I had a very different answer in my head for batting average. We'll I, get there in a second. I wouldn't been the guess. Uh, home runs. Um, Mike Trout. That's a really good. It's a really good answer. It's close. Do you have any other guesses? I should, but honestly, I haven't looked at the stats from last year in that way, and I haven't been playing fantasy, so like, I'm not plugged no, in. I yeah. don't. I should know this, but the, I don't. The answer is actually probably not going to surprise you, but it's Joey Gallo. Oh, of course. He just fucking three outcomes every at bat. Correct. And then you've got Mike Trout at plus a thousand, Pete Alonso at plus a thousand, uh, Yordan Alvarez at plus a thousand, Aaron Judge at plus sixteen hundred, Bellinger, Stanton, Bryce Harper. Okay. I like that list. I'd throw in Aristides Aquino. I've got a real issue with Bryce Harper being ranked the same as like Matt Olson and Nelly Cruz. I mean, Nelson Cruz hits a shit ton of home runs. Don't get me wrong, but like Bryce Harper, he can go off, right? It's not every season, right? And below Cody Bellinger, that's crazy. Yeah, that seems wrong. That's more of a long shot. Kind of the same as Bryce Harper with less of a mouth. Correct. (laughs) Less beard. It's very interesting though. Let me see if I can find. Um, but yeah, eight to one for batting over four hundred on just just in general. Like that's just a, a up or down thing. Like will it happen to any player? Uh, let's take a look at what else we got here. So I love that they're getting rid. Like I'm gonna have you go down the rules here in just a second. Okay, um, there's a lot. There's a lot of them. But <laughs> what? Do you, let's talk about Cy Young here real quick. So let's talk about just like. So I was gonna say just a second ago, like the. You have the American League and the National League, which don't really seem to have a reason to exist anymore, which I'm all for. We've been through that. Um, what do you think? So Garrett Cole leads this list, right? Plus 250 yeah. for the AL. That just makes sense. Who do you think the next person down is? Plus 500. It can't be Verlander. He's too old. Okay. Um, in the AL? In the AL only. Oh, man. Big um, name. Big name here. Blake Snell. No. Blake Snell is not a big name, but he's good. Yes, he is plus sixteen hundred. <laughs> Didn't he win last year? I think he did. Yeah, actually, he definitely did. Yes, uh, Justin okay. Verlander is actually the answer. <laughs> oh man, that's yeah. not right. Plus five hundred. Um, in the NL, who do you think plus three fifty? Who do you think uh, odds to win the twenty twenty National League Cy Young? Who do you think is there? Plus three fifty. Big name. Granky. Mm, nope. No, he's is he on he's an Astro now? Shit, I know. I forgot too. He's plus eighteen hundred. Um, is it uh, Mad Bum? No, that's a good guess too. Though it's actually Jacob Degrom. Hmm. Makes sense. Walker Bueller's next at plus six hundred. Max Scherzer at plus seven hundred. I would have yeah, flopped, flip flopped those two. I'd imagine. I think so. Pretty yeah. interesting though. Um, okay, so I'm looking at. Any others that just kind of jumped out at me? Highest batting average. Let's just go highest batting average overall, plus 600. Where's your head at there? Jeff McNeil. <laughs> no, not Jeff McNeil. That's Mike Trout. He did like 380 last season. He did. He's pretty good. I know. But this this is where Mike Trout falls into the obvious leader. Um, next at plus 700, Altuve. J.D. Martinez next at plus 800. Michael Brantley after that. The fact that Michael Brantley is ahead of like a lot of these people on the list, like, um, I mean, even like Whit Merrifield, who's supposed to be an absolute phenom coming, like, he's been really good leading up to this, but he's going to be, this is a breakout year for him, ironically enough. Yeah. And th- that's the shitty part, too, is that the guys that are going to have a breakout year are going to be 
get the whole oh well it was a short season thing you know that's shitty yeah that just doesn't really pan out for people who like to see hitters hit the fuck out of the ball correct um but this is just in the al and then the nl you're looking at christian yelich leading off things nolan arenado after that at plus 800 ozzy albies is mixed in there bellinger's mixed in there jeff mcneil's actually plus 1000 the same as mookie betts no that's... those guys are way higher <laughs> and also jeff mcneil played like 197,000 games last year. Jeff McNeil is not the same player as Mookie Betts. I'll just tell you that much right now. He's not the same player, but that guy hits for average like all day. <laughs> awesome. He was uh, so good on my fantasy team. It was like guaranteed four points a day. Who do you think leads in the AL for most hits for the shortened season? Altuve. Altuve for sure. Merrifield's next though. Okay. Devers is after that. All right. Uh, in the NL, what do you think? Most hits. Um... Acuna. Ooh, so Acuna is actually way further down the list. Uh, no, not way further. He's at plus 1,400. So that's Ozzy Albies is actually better at plus 800. <laughs> well, I guess technically it depends on how you want to look at it. Acuna is a better long shot. You get paid more for the risk. But yeah. uh, Nolan Arenado leads this at plus 600. Cattell Marte at plus 700. Uh, Ozzy Albies at plus 800. Trey Turner at plus 900. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I like I like all I like being able to talk about the potential performance of players this year as opposed to just you know thinking about whether we're going to have a season or not. Well, I think this is a, a great exercise to be doing because I have a feeling that this is going to be about all we're doing talking about baseball. Yeah, that's good. Um, I look forward to fantasy drafting and picking up some of these guys. I mean, it's that this year is going to be such a shit show in fantasy baseball. And I don't, we're not going to go too far into that talk yet because we don't really know how it's all going to play out exactly. But no it's going to be such a madhouse, even more so than it always is. And I am all here for it. I can't wait. Yeah, we can't do head to head over nine weeks. It's just not going to work. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's have to be rotisserie or something. There may have to be some situation where we have to figure out how to, like, I don't know if we like, create another one just as a off year thing and just make wild rules for it. Or I don't know. I don't want to do that, but I don't really we'll have to see how it all adapts. It's going to be interesting. So if, very interesting. Make sure to go check out fantasy out there. If you're, you know, typically into fantasy baseball, we just have to remind everybody. Cause at this point, I mean, baseball is pretty far from everybody else's mind. It seems like. Yeah, for sure. Except for those in Korea, they're, they're getting ready to bring fans into the stadiums there. Gee, who would have thought when you actually do what you're supposed to do, things can actually proceed as normal. And I got my KBO shirt in the mail today. Ooh. Hey, real quick, before we go into that, I want to put up this comment here real quick from our boy, Ivan. Ooh, to is be, it now? To be fair, so this year is for sure my year for fantasy baseball. Now, to be fair, Ivan probably has the best shot of doing something in a very shortened season here. It's very true. I think if he plays his cards right in the draft and the rest of us like get a bunch of COVID guys and we're totally host. <laughs> How fucking great would it be if this was just the beginning of Ivan's absolute reign after sitting in the gutter for five or six years, four or five I, years. I like uh, a constant, like a revolving door of contenders. I enjoy that. Marty's reign needs to end. It's not okay. Agreed. It's like three years in a row, right? It is three years in a row. <sighs> Damn it. All right. He's so good. <sighs> Jimmy had the chance to take him down. And he didn't. All right. Well, we'll get Ivan in here here in the next week or so to, to chat with us. So 
Shout out to Ivan. All right. So talk to me about the dino shirt. Okay. So the dino shirt, I ordered it uh, 34 days ago. <laughs> it took forever. <laughs> and so I, they, they, they didn't prepare it until like a week ago. So the guy just didn't make the shirt. Okay. And then when I tried to click into the product to see if I could like get another one or find some other shirts that are KBO related, the page was unavailable. So I was totally sure that I wasn't even going to get this shirt. Mm. Um, I thought it might have been one of those package destroyed sort of things. Yes, that happens on this show. Oh, uh, yes, there's the shirt. Perfect. There, so there was an alternative one that had the dinosaur mascot, and then it said Dino Dongs on the bottom. Yeah. Your wife wouldn't um, let you buy it, huh? I just wanted to maybe wear this shirt outside of my house. When I say the wife wouldn't let you buy it, it's more of because of that exact reason, though, of, hey, you're going to look weird whenever you wear something like that outside. I mean, I couldn't even, like, walk the dog, right? Then they, the neighbors would look at me and be like, what the fuck is this kid wearing? I mean, I would wear it, but I don't really tend to give a fuck with what everybody thinks in that sense. Yeah. So, you know, it's... I guess I do, and I just have some standards for how I appear in public, and it's really just not having uh, a word that means penis on my shirt. There's nothing wrong with that logic, and I'm 100% with you. Like, I understand it. I get it. It's just, I just don't give a fuck. So it's fine. But I, I love the what you came out with. I love the logo because you've got to know what it is. Right. And it's definitely, I, I liked your question when this all started because I picked the NC Dinos. And you, guys, you guys were like, is it the Dinos or is it like the Dinos? Mm -mm. It's Dinos. And definitely Dinos. Glad it was. This mascot is fucking kick ass. It's a dinosaur with a club. It's an amazing mascot. They're going to have fans in the stands to check out said mascot. I'm incredibly jealous of how it's gone because, I mean, like I said, they locked down and did what they were supposed to do. And not to say that we'd have the exact same result, but like, I mean, they're literally putting fans back in the stands. And we have the San Francisco Giants talking about putting cutouts of season ticket holders behind home plate and whatnot. I mean, that is... That might be one of the best ideas I've ever heard. That's such a good idea. The idea is only good if we can submit ourselves into this so we can get something for the show. Like, you know, maybe me wearing an outfielder shirt. Something I like would that. love to figure out a way to get us out there. If it's like a hundred bucks and we're like behind... Oh, absolutely. I'll do it. 15th row. Like, if we're out there for a hundred bucks, we should do that. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll look it up. I think when I saw it, it was only season ticket holders. But I'll, I'll double check and see. And if I have to buy some season tickets that are, you know, up in the nosebleeds for us, you know, a very small amount of money, if I could land my hands on that, which the odds of that are incredibly small in California. But if I have to buy some season tickets up in the nosebleeds to get our, our cutouts in there, I'll do it. If it means that we're yeah. going to have our cutouts there. I would love this. <laughs> Plus, if we ever go to San Francisco, we've got tickets to the game. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay, we'll work on that for sure. Um, but I I, I think the idea is hilarious, and I, I just I think it's incredibly bizarre for baseball to be doing, like Major League Baseball to be doing that. It's okay. That's very, like, quirky Bay Area stuff. It's true. It is very true. And you got to appeal to the non-fan fans out there, right? Like, that's a big part of it, too. Right. This is the ballpark where I got derided for eating a hot dog and a Bud Light. <laughs> That might be the most insane story you've ever told on this show. I mean, that person looked at you in absolute disgust. Totally factual, true story. It's absurd. It really is. Well, <laughs> what else? So we, we had the other day, we had the announcement of baseball coming back. 
And we that literally happened 20 minutes after we got off the air. We didn't even, we haven't even discussed that yet. Talk about a bunch of bullshit. I wasn't going to throw away a full show because of that. Yeah, I mean, we were just like totally making shit up and speculating about what's going to happen with the season and seriously within a half hour of us stop, not record or us being done recording, they announced that they were going to start the season they came to an agreement we were just like well to throw that one out i mean they really made us look like assholes it was really not cool man (laughs) it's okay we're used to that i mean i guess i've spent the last three years throwing shade at them so i guess that's my comeuppance for having to deal with it but i'll deal with it i'll take it you know and whatever it just seemed we weren't like it's the takes were still good like it doesn't make a lot of sense that this is happening right you know? and i agree with that like I, I went actually went back and listened to it which i never really do but i went back and listened to it just because i was curious you know in the the light of day what that looked like because you know half the time we just make up whatever we can <laughs> whenever it comes to some of this shit uh because we're irritated or mad or whatever it is and so it's funny that whenever i went back and listened to it i was like i mean these takes still seem to hold up i'm putting a header on this thing i'm putting it out because you know what we record stuff for the fans, we're not uh, going to hide it. We're not going to take shit down. So here we are. Love it. Yeah. So, but I, I do think that there's a conspiracy in the Major League Baseball office against us. And I'm going to go with that for a while and, and maybe pursue that. Uh, okay. Speaking of conspiracies, I want to bring something to your attention. I'm going to do some more digging into this. But I, so this concerns Big Poppy in general. Okay. Okay. Did somebody try and shoot him again? Did he well, get shot again? So that's my that was my question. Remember when he got shot? Whatever happened to that? He went to a hospital in Boston. He got better, and that's it. But but like no, nothing about the guy that shot one of Major League Baseball's biggest stars. No explanation. And like there's been some other shit that's gone on that that's probably flown a little bit more under the radar that people haven't heard about. Like he had like a big like it's not an estate sale because nobody died, but like he had this giant sale at his home in Boston and he was selling some of the most random shit I've ever heard. And it's like, why are you doing this? Like I, I get the whole like spring cleaning, getting rid of shit, but like it really felt more like trying to get like have, I don't know. I'm not sure what it felt like exactly, but it felt like a money grab more than anything else. And it's like, what, what is going on here? You made millions and millions of dollars in your career. And I've also heard that there's maybe some restraining order type situations going on that I haven't confirmed yet. I'm doing Hmm. some digging. There's some strange things going on here that people aren't talking about. Well, you know, the guys that come from like some of the countries in Central America, specifically Cuba. So I don't know if any of this applies to like Dominican, but it's really tough to get out of some of these countries. And you like owe people for getting you to the place that you've been. I don't know if that's like carryover. He's a little older. I would I would doubt that any of that would carry over if it even applied to him. But yeah, my mind goes to that sort of like you owe us situation. I mean, clearly, it, it just it just sort of like went away. It's like, oh, he's fine. We're not talking about that anymore. And I was like, what, what the fuck's going on here? Like, we never heard anything. Like, could you imagine if, like, someone went and shot, like, I don't know. I guess LeBron's not a great, like, because he's, like, the player. He's, like, your Mike Trout or your Bryce Harper of the sport. But, like, I don't know. Who's, like, that next level of player like that, like, in, in another sport? Like, like you're, if someone went and, like, shot Andrew Luck or something like that, you know, it's like, he doesn't play football anymore. But regardless, like, that's still like a very odd thing to happen to a, pro- a major professional athlete. It's not like somebody shot Pete Alonzo or something like that. Right. It's interesting. I don't, do you, are you suggesting that potentially these two are tied to one yes, another? I absolutely am. But again, I, I don't want to, I'm looking into this a little bit more because I find it very odd. Yeah. I'm curious why he would need the money. Like he should have lots and lots of money. He's been like 
broadcasting games and stuff. He's been in the booths in the in the postseason. He should be pretty well off. There was I'm trying to find it. There was a list I found not long ago. So this happened back in February, and God, it feels like a lifetime ago. Oh my God, I know, right? And it was all kind of like billed as like you know one of those quote unquote life. Uh, once-in-a-lifetime opportunities to get your hands on some stuff. He was selling, like, I saw a pair of Converse shoes that were sold, I like a set of irons that were sold, like golf irons, which I would love to see Big Poppy swinging a nine iron or something. That'd be great. It'd be like a mix between Charles Barkley and Big Poppy. Right. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Um, clothing, plates, mugs, bottle openers, leftover food was out. Like, what? dude, just so many weird things. There was a bottle of Tide detergent that was sold for $4 and a bottle of Windex that was sold for a buck. Is he, like, selling the house and just, like, everything's got to go? This is what's left? Well, he's he works. I don't think he works, like, for the Red Sox, but, like, in conjunction with the Red Sox kind of thing. Like, I mean, he has a job there for as long as he wants. Like, I mean, he's, you know, one of those guys. But, like, it just seems very, very odd. I want to know what the hell's going on here. Nobody's talking about this, and I don't know why. Whenever some, whenever it feels like we're really trying to keep our mouths shut, there's typically a little more going on. So more to come. I'll keep you posted. But I wanted to bring it to your attention at least. Yeah, there's quite a bit going on in the world, so I'm not surprised that this hasn't caught the ire of some other folks. But yes, mm -hmm. good eye. Keep digging. We'll do. I'll find more. Um, okay, so I guess we'll dive into a little bit about what baseball is going to look like first, right? And then we'll kind of go into the criticism of it a, a bit. Yeah, happily. I there's. Uh, a long list of rules that I will happily rattle off. The first section is around on-field rules. So are we ready to take these on? These are, This is the fun stuff that we're talking about. Absolutely, the yeah. Then we'll get into um, procedures for health and safety, scheduling, revised procedures, and transactions. Okay. So in on-field rules, um, big news, National League games will include the use of the designated hitter for the first time in history. Mm -hmm. That's going to that. be super fun because... I'm sick of watching pitchers suck. Odd that they they jammed it in. Well, I guess it's not odd that they jammed it into this because at the end of the day, like what they're trying to accomplish with that is just continuity as much as possible, which, gee, who would have thought that that's a good idea? I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this so far. One rule in, it, we're good. It, it makes it easier to schedule regionally when there's no rule differences. So Correct. I get it. That's They could have filed that under health and safety, but that's not how it it feels on on the tongue. Okay, fair enough. So uh, extra inning rules will begin each extra inning with a runner on second base. I mean. So the batter who leads off for an inning shall continue to be the batter who would lead off the inning in the absence of the extra innings rule. What do you think about this? I don't care for it. No, why is this a thing? I don't why? know. They want to speed it up. They want to reduce injuries. They don't, don't want to. That, that, it's they, garbage <laughs> baseball. It's garbage baseball after twelve innings. They have been, been. That that is true. There is, and you always know if you go past like eleven or twelve. Like we learned this when we were doing the the uh, World Series watch party. Whenever we were watching all the divisional games and stuff, is that if it's going past eleven innings, it's going to go to like seventeen innings. It's brutal. It's it's not fun. The second the runner on second thing at face value is shitty, right? Yes. But consider this. Teams will, in my in my view, be forced to bunt and sack fly a lot more. Okay. And if you get good at that, 
you might inject that strategery into other parts of the game outside of extra innings, which I appreciate. Like that's the core old school game play that I like to see. When you say insert it into other parts of that game, is that like maybe doing like a first inning, third inning, fifth inning, seventh inning with the guy on second to start the inning? No, no, sorry. I mean, um, if teams get, because you're starting on second, no outs, Mm -hmm. like the logical step is bunt the guy over to third and sack fly a run in. Correct. The teams teams will have to get really good at bunting and then sack flying and getting the right guys in those positions. Mm -hmm. And if that is something that they're being forced to do well, they might then do those things in other parts of any get any game. I like that, but I just don't. I I don't like the the lack of continuity with it though. Like I get where they're coming from, but this is something they've been trying to cram into baseball for quite some time now. Yeah, it's a pace of play thing. Correct. But um, right. so the runner placed on second at the start of each half inning shall be the player in the batting order immediately preceding that half inning's leadoff hitter. So if you're the last batter. Mm-hmm. In the last inning, you're on second in the first extra inning. Okay, so your leadoff guy, in other words, would be on second in that case, right? Is that what you're saying? Whoever batted last in the previous inning. Oh, okay. So no, okay. So like in my example, you say I bat ninth, then you would be at the top of the order next. To, okay, got it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That seems fine. I mean, I don't know how else you do it. Yeah, no big deal. Um, it's the equivalent so, of that person getting on and hitting a double. Correct. So. Correct. So for the purposes of earned runs, the runner who begins uh, at second base uh, is deemed to be a runner who reached on a fielding error, but no error shall be charged to the opposing team. Okay. <laughs> so it's not an earned run. Right. It's not going to artificially inflate pitchers' numbers, except for the win-loss column if they lose. Right. So start, yeah, like I understand the need to not conflate those two things together, but I also don't understand how... They don't think that it like because that's almost saying, well, it doesn't make that big of a difference. But that's that's not the case here. That's just trying to speed it along is all it's doing here. Yeah. So I I have mixed feelings about this whole situation because it's just fucking it's fucking with the game a little bit too much. But if you think about it, there's no other game that doesn't have overtime rules. It's just baseball without these rules. It's true. There is no overtime technically in baseball. It's just play until you are done. Okay. Until somebody's arm falls off or somebody scores a run more than the other team. So you've burned an entire bullpen. Like, there's nothing worse than your team being on, like, game two of, like, a West Coast road trip or an East Coast road trip where they've been on the road for, like, you know, a week and a half. And then they just burn their entire bullpen because of a 17-inning game or whatever. What a waste. Terrible. And then, yeah. I think this is a good starting point for figuring out what overtime looks like in baseball. Okay. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. I'll be interested to see how it goes, but I don't. I'll be interested to see how much it actually affects. I love using this non-season as a petri dish for all this shit. We'll figure some stuff out. Agreed. All right. What's next? So there's a three batter minimum for every pitcher. That was happening no matter what, right? I don't think so. No, weren't we? So weren't we in year two of like that in, that rule change? And it was like after seven innings or five innings. I can't remember exactly what it was, but. I know that's like a more hard and fast version of it. I know that's that to be true. But we were in year two of a change of something to that effect. This is good. Yes. I like this because there's not going to be lefty-righty matchups every other pitcher after the seventh inning if you're watching the A's game, which is just like... Brutal. Oh, it's so brutal. Um, and 
you'll see like a lot more thoughtfulness with the pitchers that you choose. You're not just like, ah, it's a matchup. Go get them. It's like, no, who can actually get out these? Who has the best chance of getting these next three guys out? Right. Okay. So fine I'm with that. A, um, any player may appear as a pitcher, so they're not getting rid of position player pitching. Fine with that. <laughs> That's the best thing that can happen in baseball is a position player pitching. But so I think because of the extra inning rules, they know that this isn't going to be as much of a problem. Okay. That's true. Because you're, you're not going to risk like sending out Geraldo Parra to pitch a, the last inning of a game. If he's starting with a runner on second, the guy's going to steal third on him right away. Right away. Oh, that's the strategy right out of the gate is you steal on that guy no matter what happens. Yeah. So there's. I think they just know there's going to be less of it. And it's actually really fun to watch. It is. It's always incredible. It hap- I would be really interested to know what the, the percentage of times that happens in an average major league season. It can't be more oh. than like, is it a lot? It has gone up considerably over the last three years. Well, actually, that's not surprising with bullpen by committee. And like, I think people like Joe Madden are a great example of minds that have realized like, if this is just one game, let's not burn the whole bullpen instead of just putting David Murphy out there or whoever. David Murphy's a bad example. But. It happened like almost 60 times last year. That is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I, we'll look at the numbers, but the the bar is like up and to the right. Like really Big time. Steep. Okay. Sort of like the coronavirus spread thing? Uh, well, that was like, you know, we, we kind of got there and now we're up and to the right. Like got crazy. it. Okay. We got there eventually. All right. Uh, okay. So no more fights. The prohibition against unsportsmanlike conduct will be strictly enforced to prevent unnecessary physical contact and support physical distancing between individuals on the playing field. So I saw something to the effect of, like, if a player and manager come within six feet of an umpire to argue a call, they're subject to a suspension, like, immediately. Uh, that is correct. Yes. It's unbelievable. They're, yeah, they can't do that. So what, so so how's that going to work? Are they just going to be screaming from the dugout, but they can't move more than like they they should absolutely institute two rings like a uh, like an on deck circle type thing that the manager can stand in and the umpire can stand in six feet away so they can safely scream at each other. Is this the same circle where we're going to have the umpire act out? Yes. His call again? Absolutely. We're going to we're going to maximize the use of the circles. Okay. Got it. Love it. That okay. makes sense though, right? I mean, that just makes yeah. sense. It makes perfect sense. We don't want the umpires getting sick, although I think we can think of a couple that we wouldn't mind more quarantined <sighs> True. for a couple of years. True. Just get them out of here now. Just get them <laughs> out. All right. They're subject to immediate uh, ejection and discipline, including fines and suspensions. So that's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Yep. All right, so so we're, we're into procedures for health and safety. Okay. This first one blows my mind because it's a microcosm of the way the country has handled the situation, and that just hasn't gone super well, objectively. Okay. Uh, each club must submit a written COVID-19 action plan for approval by MOB. No, no, wrong, wrong. <laughs> tell them, tell each of them how to do it. Not like Cincinnati gets some rules and the Mets get some rules. Everybody has really stringent rules. Those are the rules because if there's differences in rules, there's going to be guys who are left out from doing certain things. There's a big Venn diagram with 30 circles, and each one of those circles is going to have an area that's just them. Correct. They're the only ones not doing something. So we have officially spun off the tracks and into some sort of fiery hell with this plan. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. That's absurd. Uh, 
This this too is absurd, but I get it. Spitting is prohibited. That includes, but not yeah. limited to, saliva, sunflower seeds, peanut shells, tobacco. They've been looking for a way to get rid of tobacco in this game for years. So here we are. Chewing gum is permitted. Yeah, I saw that. Unbelievable. Like, what What the hell's the difference? The spittle's still there. They are going to spit a lot. You got people that are coming off nicotine addictions here. As someone who played, like, club-level college ball, not spitting while outdoors in a dugout is practically impossible. I mean, I do it outside anyway. Just wherever right. I am. This is this is not going to happen. They're going to... Yeah, they're gonna throw the book at some poor guy. I can't wait to see who it is. I wonder if they're betting odds on that. I, I bet Yoannis Cespedes. He's just had a hell of a ride in the past five years. It's been a great ride. The retrospective of that dude's career is something that will be talked about for years to come. I think he got like cadaver ankles put in or something. Jesus. I don't know what happened. Did we ever confirm what happened with that? Did he fall off a tractor? Or No, that's what we speculated. I don't remember what it was, but he got like gored by a bull or something, right? Yeah, something about a... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, all right, anyway. Talk about years and years ago. All right, what's next? Pitchers may carry a small wet rag in their back pocket to be used for moisture in lieu of licking their fingers. Oh, that's going to go really well. Where are they wetting down the rag at? I don't know. Is it going to be Powerade? That would be uh, interesting. Is that a foreign substance now? Uh, gotta be. It doesn't say water. It gotta be. But I like, like having pitched before. Like one of my first things to do is, you know, get a little, little, even if it's just a little bit of saliva to kind of get my hands feeling good to go. Like it's that's a habit for a lot of pitchers that have been doing it their whole careers. That's totally still gonna happen. So if that yeah. happens, are they gonna like stop the game and toss the guy? Like they'll they'll, th- they'll toss the ball out. Well, they do that like majority of the time anyway. Well, the ball, the ball rules are getting even stricter. I don't know okay. if they're out here, but we'll get to it. Okay, we'll get into it. Clubs must provide expanded dugout and bullpen space to their ballparks. That's that a no-brainer. There's yeah. plenty of seats open because no one's allowed in. Correct. All about There's it. Just be playing long toss out in left field where the fucking bleachers are. Hell yeah. All, all in for this. Love that idea. I, I really look forward to a lot of chirping going on between the players in the seats because they can't actually all be in the dugout. That's going to be fun for me. It's going to be great. They're going to have to separate about big time. Oh, yeah. You don't want black men out there. No. Post-COVID. No. Players, umpires, and other on-field personnel should practice social practice physical distancing to mm-hmm. the extent possible within the limitations of competition and the fundamentals of baseball. Okay. What does that mean? Well... <laughs> It, it examples sounds... of which here I've, there's more sorry okay. i didn't read the whole thing no, examples of ways in which physical distancing can be incorporated without disrupting the basics of the game include when the ball is out of play fielders are encouraged to retreat several steps away from the base runner yeah i mean that's kind of what they do in kbo yeah sometimes well not always i've seen the third baseman hug a guy on third before yeah but again yeah. they have it under control yeah, here's another example. If the batter is in the batter's box and the catcher needs to stand to relay signs to the infielders, the catcher can step onto the grass towards the mound to give the signs before assuming his position behind home plate. Has anybody ever seen this happen? Because that's exactly what happens now. Right. <laughs> that's exactly that's what happens. Change. Yeah, I just wonder, like, I mean, how, like, what about the trash can banging? Like, what are we, what are we doing there? Like, you know, lots I don't know. Each guy's need probably needs his own trash can, his own massage gun. Gotta have it. Yep, gotta have it. All right. Maybe maybe we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, first and third base coaches should remain in the 
in or behind the coach's box and shall not approach a base runner, fielder, or umpire on field. So no butt tap after a single. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much happens now. I mean, there'd be some modifications there, but, you know. I would love to see someone get tossed out for patting somebody on the ass, though. That'd be great. That would be fun. All about it. All right. Players on opposite teams should not socialize, fraternize, or come within six feet of each other before the game, during warm-ups, in between innings, or after the game. Okay. This is where I start to have an issue. So I understand the the logic behind that, right? Like, we're trying to stay away from each other. That's the point. Yeah. You can't play a team sport and not socialize with each other. And this is specific to players on the other team. Right. Oh, th- I mean, that's a good point. I didn't even thought about that. But, like, you can't, like, th- that's just not how this sport works, though. And that's, that is not what fraternizing means. You can fraternize. We're fraternizing right now. I'm fucking 1,200 miles away. Correct. It's absurd. And I, I like, I, like I said, I understand the, the logic behind it, but you're, like, if you zoom out for a second, we were talking about players in the stands and all that stuff. Like, you're taking every team camaraderie element out of this game because you have to. I don't think they realize what that's going to do to the product of this thing. I don't know. I think players will adapt ways to make it fun. Like, they're going to find a way. Yeah, and it's probably going to be outside of the rules of what they're going to allow, and it's going to be a fucking shit show. We'll see. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not convinced on that point. You're probably right, but I'm not convinced. I just I view it as a, maybe even more of a team sport than a lot of people do. And I get that it's probably one of the more individualistic sports in a lot of ways, but, like, it, there's still like chemistry there that has to be built. And we've like, you don't, it's interesting with baseball. You don't see it when it goes well as much as you do when it goes poorly. It's true. So I think there's ways to do that while still being socially distant or physically distant as the MLB is calling it for some fucking reason. Okay. All right. What's next? The last one in procedures for health and safety is there will be no pregame exchange of the lineup cards. Instead, each cub will club will input their lineup card into a mobile application provided by MLB. It's bullshit. They've been wanting to do that for years. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that that's fine. That doesn't need to happen to begin with. We use like touch pads and everything for everything else in this game. What's the difference? They'll be able to track it better. There's like literally no way to fuck that up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, most of them make general, general amount of sense. I think. The the written plan for each club makes no sense. To Absolutely me. They not. Handed a plan, and each of them should get the same plan, and they should do no writing whatsoever. Like this is what we're doing. Period. Right. Go figure out the rules. Don't worry about writing them down. We did it for you. Here's the handbook. Correct. Okay. Like the Boy Scouts. Right. Okay. Without the well, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Jesus. Um. Okay. So, I, I mean. On its surface, all of that tends to jibe except for that. I'm with you there. Um, Most of it makes sense as far as from a standpoint of what we're dealing with here. Yeah, I agree. So there's two more sections. There's scheduling and then revised procedures for transactions. So for scheduling, um, the first rule is clubs may schedule up to three exhibition games before the end of summer camp. Clubs may consider scheduling games against their opening opponent in the days leading up to opening day. There is no limit on the number of intra-squad games permitted. Okay. What the fuck does that even mean? Okay, so I got hung up on one thing. I'm sorry. This is just something I can't let go of. Why are we calling it summer camp? What are we doing here? (laughs) 
it is summer. Summer training? Would that be better? I really wanted to listen to everything else you said, but they chose such a stupid name, I couldn't even let that go. Because Uh, the Olympics aren't happening, they should just call it Baseball Olympics. But this isn't summer Summer camp. This is the summer games. This is restart of spring training because we are in the middle of a fucking pandemic here. That makes it sound like it's this just, you know, everybody's patting each other on the butts and having a good time kind of situation. Right. Let's like go the, sit down the by the elders the, camp that you rattled off a couple months ago. Very right? first thing I thought of when I heard that thing a couple of days ago. What was that called? Uh, well, it was just, I think adult it's just fantasy, fantasy baseball camp. camp. Or something? Yeah, adult fantasy baseball camp. So, okay, so re- let's lay that out one more time, if you will, because there's a lot to unpack in that sentence. Clubs may schedule up to three exhibition games before the end of summer camp. What does that mean? I guess that I guess that's like the equivalent of like spring training, like college games that teams will do sometimes. I so this I don't understand what summer camp is. Is camp the training part? Because usually, if this if summer camp equals spring training, that is a sequence of a lot of games. It's so it's like summer talking about more games. It's like spring training two point is kind of what what it's was built at before summer camp for whatever reason. So what's the distinction between summer camp games and exhibition games? Like who cares? It's just extra. Well, I, so I know, like, I don't know if other teams do this or not, but I happen to know that the Red Sox do like a thing every year where, but right before at the very, very tip of spring training, before it even starts, they play like Northeastern university and a couple like college games just to like, Oh yeah. Every year. And just to like, and and sadly enough, they don't win those on these poor souls. They don't win those games every year, which is incredibly like daunting. Like whenever you're starting baseball for like the first time of the year and you're like, fuck yeah, I'm excited to watch. And then like, you know, the Red Sox lose 14 to three to Northeastern and you're like, motherfucker, this is going to be a long year. No, but I, so I don't know (laughs) if other teams do that, but those are like exhibition games. They don't count towards like spring training or anything like that. So that must be, what they're talking about here all right so uh the second part of this is clubs may consider scheduling games against their opening opponent in the days leading up to opening day so like if you're opening if the rangers are opening up against the angels in a three game set opening day through day three yeah they could very well schedule three exhibition games with the angels so that they're all together for a six game set and they're not intermingling with more people presumably okay i kind of see the logic there i mean it's fine i mean it doesn't really matter it's just they're they're games for everybody just to stretch out and to start getting things together. So it doesn't really matter. Well, yeah. in that sense. But after having said that out loud and hearing your thing about Northeastern, like the Red Sox can't go play Northeastern that they're not held to these standards. It has right. to be an MLB squad that's been held to these stringent in quotes. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Some would, say. Some would say, okay, interesting. Well, I, I again, I kind of get the logic if you're like, uh, but I feel like I'm stretching to put, put logic to it. And I don't like that. Yeah. The third part of that is there is no limit on the number of intra-squad games permitted. So are these only intra-squad games? I don't know. Yeah, more than likely. And I mean, with a pool of 60 players, you should have enough to to get right. by. But okay. All right. Okay. That's fine. Point two in scheduling. A regionally-based schedule will feature each club playing 40 divisional games and 20 interleague games against the corresponding geographical division. So NL West, NL West is going to play the AL West in 20 interleague games. And then everybody will do their divisional play for the other 40 games, which makes sense, except the West is gigantic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Central, not so gigantic. And then the, the East, pretty big. The There's a specific baseball podcast host who broke out what it would be like if they had relegation in Major League Baseball. And this is the exact structure that he came up with. I, I don't remember who that was, though. So 
Well, I don't, I'll don't check, know either. We'll check into that. Get the interns on that one. Yep. Okay. That makes sense, right. though. So, I mean, you're minimizing travel. That's the point. Minimizing travel. The central doesn't have to travel very far, like at all, as usual. Um, the east goes from fucking Miami up to Boston, and then the west goes from Seattle to Houston. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's like really far. Right. Okay. Anyway. All right. So revised procedures for transactions. Now, this is the stuff that I know nothing about. So I'm really excited to read these off and I haven't read these yet. Awesome. Okay. All player transactions that had been suspended resumed this past Friday. So I guess if you wanted to make a trade, you could do it. Correct. Okay. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had to start it somewhere. So, right. So second point yesterday, each club submitted a list of up to 60 players who will be eligible to participate in the major league games during the 2020 championship season. Mm-hmm. Club player pool in quotes. Okay. Where's your head at with that? I don't know what this means. Uh, the 60 players, that's like the eligible roster for summer camp. Right. That's pretty. Yeah. That's the essentially championship season. And it starts to like wind down more like the, the roster sizes start to wind down more and more as you continue to keep going. Right. So roster rules include by noon Eastern on the first day of the revised 2020 regular season, each club must submit to the MLB an opening day active roster, the maximum of 30 players and a minimum of 25. So 25 to 30 guys. Yep. So they'll break camp with 30 guys, right? We'll cut the team in half by the end of summer camp. Okay. Drown a bunch of them in the lake or whatever. Well, you don't want to do that yet. <laughs> you don't want to do that yet because because of the fact that you need them. Is, is there more to that? Oh, there's more. Okay. The maximum active roster limit shall be reduced from 30 to 28 on the 15th day of the regular season. Okay. So we're going to keep trimming it down. They know these people are going to get sick. Yes. But they're the also maximum, allowing for people to, to be there in case not. Right. Okay. Totally. The maximum active roster limit shall be reduced from 28 to 26 on the 29th day of the championship season for the remainder of the championship season and postseason. Pretty funny how they're like billing this as a championship season. I think that's interesting too because yeah. it is not. No, this is a very intentional marketing thing that there seems to be bad at as usual. Okay, go on. I think I, I think that's like their in their attempt at making it feel like EPL. Yes. They should have just listened to my plan. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Go on. I think they have. Not, Probably. They didn't take. They didn't take everything. If they start relegating teams, I'm I'm fucking taking a victory lap like you wouldn't believe. All right. There shall be no expanded rosters in September. Fine with that. That's useless anyway. That was going yeah. by the wayside in, in normal rules anyway. Yeah. They they leaned into it a little bit last year. I forgot what precisely happened. Yeah. But. Well, they narrowed them. They made them smaller, and that like now I think this it was a two year thing. It's exactly like the whole. Uh, pitchers facing three batters thing that they were instituting that over a little bit of time. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the limitation on the number of pitchers on the active roster, otherwise required by another MLB rule, MLR 2B2 shall not apply. So they can carry as many pitchers as they want. So the A's are going to go wild. So are the Rays. Yes, for sure. But I mean, having that. that small amount of roster spots, I mean, there's only so much you can do in that, that case. Right. But if somebody gets injured, then you're going to have to, and we'll get into some of the the considerations that they're making here. Okay. In the event that a doubleheader takes place while the active roster limit is 26, both clubs may use an additional player. That's just like before. Yes. No problem with that. 
A club is permitted to carry up to three additional taxi squad players from its club player pool mm-hmm. on all road trips with the major league team. Good? I understand it. <laughs> Whether I agree <laughs> with it or not are two different things. If I'm going to get through this whole block. Yeah, yeah, please. If the club elects to carry three additional players, at least one must be a player whose designated position prior to the season is catcher. They could have just said one has to be a catcher. Yes, absolutely. What? what, what? Okay. That's bu- Why? That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Why, why are we constraining pit? I don't. I want the second one to be it has to be a right fielder. That's right. Because, I mean, that's. Well, like, what are we doing here? Okay. All right. MLB must think that COVID affects knees or something. They must. Uh, <laughs> players on the taxi squad are permitted to work out with the major league club, but are not permitted to be in uniform and in the dugout during games. So what? <laughs> what? Why? I don't know. Why? I don't Holy know. shit. Okay. All right. That's absurd. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So, a kick in the junk. Like you're on the team. You're not on the team. Right. Oh, we're going to get into kicks in, in the junk here in just a minute. We're going over an hour today and I don't even care. We're get, we got to get to this, some of this stuff, but go on. Okay. Upon the conclusion of each road trip, players on the taxi squad will return to the alternate training site. <sighs> okay. What, what will they be doing there? Uh, dip. A lot spit. of hanging out. A lot of playing games and practicing. A lot of Xbox. You, you want to know who's going to most likely uh, introduce more COVID cases into Major League Baseball? The taxi squad. The taxi squad. That's who's going to bring it in because you got a lot of guys that are making almost no money that are pent up together that have nothing to do. It's going to be the taxi squad, Angel Hernandez and Dusty Baker. Yes. Is, is taxi <laughs> squad a good name for them? It sounds like uh, a fight club from the movie, the warriors. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of something out of crazy taxi, the old video game. That's what it reminds me of. Just some, Wacky-ass cart that these guys pull up in. <laughs> I want, like, a big on-field presentation for whenever a taxi guy comes in, particularly a catcher. They should make him wear a really, like, grungy cap. Yeah, it also, okay, so that's another question. So where is his uniform? I guess his uniform's just in his bag. And say that, you know, uh, name player, like Mookie Betts or wh- whoever, it doesn't matter, goes down. You're just giving that guy a call, and he's got to go throw on all of his uniform and everything. He's not in uniform before the game starts in case he's ready to go, or ready to go just in case they need him. He's got to go change and everything, so we've got to stop down the whole game to let, let this taxi guy change. signs to the guys in the dugout, and then he mm. got to put his uniform on. Got it. Got it. Banging on the trash can. Got it. Okay. So that's ta- taxi squad stipulations. Great name. Weird execution. Definitely a gang name from the movie The Warriors. Yes. On it. Okay. Love it. All right. August 31 will be the trade deadline, and September 15th will be the 2020 postseason eligibility deadline. Okay. Interesting. So they moved the trade deadline up. That is fine. Who cares? No, nobody cares. Deadline about the trade for deadline eligibility is. in the postseason, that's also not very different. Somebody's got to be active before a certain date to be eligible for postseason. We get that. No problem with that. Um, all right. So last point. Standard injured list placements will be for either 10 or 45 days with the latter replacing 60. Have they ever gotten like, this you just missed the season, right? Yeah, like have they ever gotten this right? Like why is this why this is a 9 week season. 9 weeks long. 
Why does he need to come back? Why? <laughs> he uh, doesn't. That's absurd. He's definitely getting sick when he's out there injured. Okay. Um, a COVID-19 related injury list will allow for placements that will not require a confirmed positive test for COVID-19. <sighs> okay. There's a COVID injury list not requiring positive tests. So if you have symptoms, they're going to put you on the list. But I think that applies to like, um, that probably applies to like, like, I guess it's probably like left open to interpretation on purpose. So like if you have a situation where your, you know, wife is having a child or your child has, you know, immune deficiencies that you can't control, there's got to be some stuff like that that could, could come into play. But I know that has to do with their pay though. Okay, so about, if they go on the list, they're not getting paid anymore. Right. Some Or something like I, I don't know that that's true, but I know it affects their pay in some way, shape, or form. I just don't okay. know what it is. Okay. Um, a player must be placed... I'm sorry. A player may be placed on the COVID-19-related IL based on a positive test for COVID-19, confirmed exposure to COVID-19, or if the player exhibits symptoms requiring self-isolation for further assessment. So it's like a, we think he's sick or he is sick. Correct. Okay. And that all makes sense. The COVID-19 related IL, the CVRIL. Oh, Jesus Christ. Of course Why we're going to we call it the COVID list. Why don't we just say he, like he's not playing anymore? Right. Something like that. He's I, not coming back from COVID in nine weeks. Right. If you test positive on day one, day one, it's going to take at least, at least, very least two weeks for him to get a single negative test. Right. And by all standard operating procedure that seems to be doing, well, actually, actually not that well in the world, <laughs> uh, it takes two negative tests to say that you're clean. Correct. So, and those have to take place at least a week apart. Correct. So we're so, talking about at least three weeks. Right. So I guess they're leaving that ambiguity out there to get your big stars back in the game after they go down with COVID for this thing. There are plenty of people who've spent four five, six weeks in the hospital, in their house, whatever, like two weeks at the minimum. Right. And you're also, and like one of the big things about it too, this virus in particular that we do know, which is very little about it is that it, especially if you're tired and worn down, it can attack you in ways that would may not attack a normal healthy human at that same age. And like, you talk, we talk about West Coast road trips, East Coast road trips and shit all the time. These long-ass times where these teams are on the road for two, almost two weeks at a time. I mean, that that alone is is just setting up for failure. These guys get sick all the time. They right. get flu-like symptoms on the regular. Like, right. at least, I feel like, I don't, know, I don't know how often it happens. I just feel like it happens a lot. It does. I mean, over the course of that many games, it's going to happen. Like, you're on the road. Flying all the time. You're Absolutely. around a ton of people. You're worn the fuck out. You are you might be eating a bunch of garbage. You're not sleeping well. Like, you're Sometimes not sleeping like you are at home. Right. Yeah. All that. All that matters. Okay. So that's that's the list that the MLB put together. And I'm sure this is a dis distillation of that hundred and whatever pages. And mm -hmm. I can't believe it's that long and there's glaring gaps that you've noticed. So, so I want to, yeah, so I highlighted this. This is actually in a Jeff Passan article. Well, he's our go-to guy on this show for, for some of the good write-ups and things like that. But there's, I wanted to get back to the taxi squad here for just a second because, and just in relation to how all this works, because for those that don't know, the minor league season was canceled entirely. Totally. So that minor league season's gone. The minor leagues are not happening this year. I get it. Way too hard to, to, to manage in this situation. It was probably the, the best thing that could have happened as far as, like, just safety goes. But, man, like, 
it's devastating to the system of baseball. But one of the parts that hasn't really been talked about is like how money is divvied up and how players, especially guys that are like first time prospects and that are getting to the top just now are going to be treated through this. So I want to read this to you. So there's a, a, a pretty big overall overarching, uh, an overarching concern that comes out through this and I'll, I'll break it down. Why? So I'm just going to read this as part of the March agreement, MLB advanced players, $170 million in salary. That money was divvied up into four different categories. Players with guaranteed contracts received $286,500. Those with minor league splits in their deals received $60,000, $30,000, or $16,500, respectively. Okay? Yeah. Players on their team's 40-man roster for the first time, uh, and they use Atlanta's prospect Christian Pache, P-A-C-H-E, Pache, I think, Posh? Something like that. I'm not sure how you say that. Uh, he receives the lowest sum here, okay? So I'm going to break out what he, how he's going to get dicked over here. Oh, boy. Christian's contract calls for a $46,000 minor league split. That's over a, what period? I don't understand. What is that 46K? Okay, what, so that's for a full season of minor league ball. Full season. Full season of minor league ball. We talk about how these guys make nothing. $46,000, okay? In this partial that. season, if he spends its entirety not on the Braves' active roster... Christian would be due a salary of around $17,000, meaning he could spend the next three months playing baseball, July training, August, and September, staying ready for a grand total of about $500. Oh, no. That is horrible. And you look at it, and it's... Uh, so, like, he, he... So, essentially, like, the problem with that is, like, they already received that advance, so he's already gotten most of that money. So you're talking about a paycheck that is about $40 per week. Sam, it's pre-tax money, $40 a week. <laughs> so he can go to, like, fucking checkers and have yeah. himself a time once a month. Once a month, and then live in squalor with seven other guys that have COVID for the next two months. Dude better pick up an apprenticeship as a plumber because that job is never going away. Be clear, America. Correct. It is absurd. It really is. And so where my concern comes into play here, and this got my, my, my wheels turning when I first started reading about this, is there is a formula that's used every year for to determine playing service time for guys. So in other words, how much time they spend in the big leagues versus the minors as they make their way up. And this is a great example of how that can screw you over, right? Formula just seems like days in minus... It is. It is. I mean, so I'll, I'll run over it. So typically there are 186 days in a, in a regular... Uh, like playing days in a regular season. So players earn majority of their league service time every day that they're on the big league roster. And 172 days of service equals a full year. So that's okay. the shit where we see them like, oh, well... We're not going to call them up until August because then they're not going to be eligible for a full year of service. And then we have an extra year of team control over that player, which is incredibly shitty, but it happens all the time. Okay. Okay. So the March agreement that they came in, came to back a few months ago has the following formula. So it's a times a 186 divided by B which so your a is your number of days that you spent on the major league roster and B is the number of days in the season. So in this case, there's 66 days in this or 66 days in the season. So you pretty much have to spend 61 of those 66 days on an active roster to get a year of service time. You tell me for a second that they're not going to manipulate that shit like crazy. 
I would hope that it makes such a little difference that they wouldn't, but they will. they will. They absolutely will. And so you can have your best prospect off the roster for one week, one week, and then bring him up not a year of service time for him. Ugh. Not a full year. It's bullshit. It's that's going to happen a ton. Who's absolutely. this going to happen to? And so like, that's where, so like that, that's what I, I'm concerned about. And you look at it too. And it's like, it's, it's like, you look at guys that are like, um, the, the other thing too, is you look at guys that are like on a, a one year non-guaranteed deal. So these are like some of the veterans that are maybe trying to work their way back into the league, sure. that kind of thing. Right. Um, typically if a team cuts them, uh, like with that kind of deal where it's like a one year non-guaranteed with an invite to camp type of thing, if they cut them, they're owed 45 days of termination pay. But that's not going to be the case here because they're going to adjust everything down. And so that's going to just leave it open for teams to be able to just cut these guys, take no financial hit whatsoever because they don't have to pay them the extra 45 days because it's only a 66-game uh, day season to begin with. Hmm. So more manipulation there. And you know that's going to happen to people. Yes. Because owners are going to be looking to cut like expenses any possible place they can because they're trying to make up for fans not being in the stands. So I have a question because uh, we posited a while ago that the owners were just kind of out. Like fans weren't going to be there. They weren't going to make any money. The owners are going to like categorically reject any season happening. They unanimously said yes to the season. Correct. Now, why did they do that if they're not going to make that kind of money? I mean, at the end of the day, I guess it's better than taking some. Like, at least you're going to get the TV revenue versus nothing at all. I guess that's the logic. But yes, I mean, where my question comes into play here, and we've talked about this a little bit, and this will kind of move us along here to, towards the end. But like, what happens? Like, at what point do we say, okay, we've had too many positive tests. This is just not going well. Like, at what point do we draw that line and make that call? And who makes that call? Is it Rob Manfred? Would you like me to answer that question? Sure. I can answer that question. Sure. We When is March 15th, 2020? Mm-hmm. Okay. About three months ago. Mm-hmm. And the answer is Rob Manfred. Okay. Well, he has not proved to be very proficient in all of this thing. And there's a thing in economics called moral hazard. And Ooh. moral hazard, the concept of moral hazard is just, it's very simple. It's that you can do things that you may that you may not necessarily always do if you know that you don't have to be accountable for those actions. I'll give us an example. Say you, me, and Ben go out and rent a car. Okay, we get the insurance on the car, and you know Ben's driving us around town, and and he's you know running off the road, and he's you know jumping every speed bump he can, just really tearing the shit out of the car. And Ben's saying, well. You know, I'm going to tear the shit out of this car because we've got the insurance. That's called moral hazard because you know that it's not right to tear up that car, but you're not worried about the consequences because eh, somebody else will deal with it. That makes sense? Yeah. Okay. That's the problem we're going to deal with here because there's, there's no place where we're all going to be in agreement that we should stop the season. What happens if three of the starting five pitchers go down on a, a major team? Like, say that the Yankees lose five starting or three starting pitchers. What happens in that case? Like, is it like, can we sit there and really prove the case? Well, you know, these three stars went down, so now we just got to shut this down. What happens to the guys that we talked about, like Christian a minute ago, who, you know, is maybe not as well known? Are we just going to kind of sweep that under the rug because they're not a star? Is that what we're going to do here? Yes. There's incentive to do so, and moral hazard says so. 
Yeah, I think that'll happen. And that is incredibly dangerous. Incredibly. What if this all goes really well? I just want to be like positive for a moment. What if this goes really well? I hope it does. It's I not it going too, to. But, but we know that there's like a lot of players already opting out of the season. So I saw before we came on the air, Mike Leak, uh, which Ryan Zimmerman and Joe Ross all yeah. said, mm, nope. Ryan Zimmerman's definitely the biggest name there. There's going to be more of them, though. I find it very convenient that they all announced that today at the same time. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of convenient. I wonder if they're um, maybe represented told, by the same agent or something. Or just told to just, you know, if you don't want to play, that's fine. Just they're all on the older side too. I will True. note. I think they're all post thirty-two. Yes. Uh, almost. Yeah. Ryan Zimmerman. Yeah, got to be almost over thirty-two. But I just, I, I feel like that's taking a really big risk with this league, and I, I hope it goes well. I, I don't see a situation where it does though, man. And like, I don't know where you decide to pull the plug or where you just keep going with it. And that's kind of what scares me the most is putting these people, you know. At, at risk and we even talked about this on a show a little bit ago where we're already starting to hear talk of well you know maybe maybe we'll have fans in the stands by september and it's like no 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 maybe no. this went well this whole let's let the states figure it out and let's act like this isn't a problem right and you look at the kbo and it's like they're starting to put fans in the stands and that's awesome i'm glad that they're doing that because it's a great product but like they've done what they're supposed to do and i just i worry it doesn't stop there it doesn't like we start this thing up and it's not going to stop like it, that's exactly what happened with our response to this whole thing is the states that just decide to open the hell back up and we live in in a couple of these states that yeah, decide to open states, the hell back all up the hot states decided like uh we're just going to keep going the yeah. hot and stupid states were just like we don't care. And I could 100% see that avenue happening with baseball because you're in a, a position where money matters and they're trying to make up revenue any place they fucking can. That's where it's dangerous. And that's what scares me about this the most. It really does. Yeah, it's not it's not looking good in that regard. I think we're definitely primed for some interesting action once this all sort of takes place or start, starts to take place in three weeks. I guess we've got Let's see, one, two, three, three and a half weeks until first pitch, allegedly. Oh, I think you're right, though. I think they're going to start it. I just, I'm. There is zero chance that they, quote unquote, win if they they start this thing and have to stop it anywhere because that's all we're ever going to hear about is, well, they didn't have to stop it. Just so, so three Yankees pitchers went down. Who cares? You know, blah blah blah. Like that whole kind of mentality and it's like that's a stupid mentality but it's it's very real out there yeah i think it's real i also i just don't want a bunch of players getting sick at the end of the day like i don't want anybody getting sick and we're putting a lot of people at risk and it just seems i know the players are gung-ho and they're like i'm a super healthy young guy and i'm in the best shape of my life and i'll be fine but that's just not like empirically true for every single person who's about to put themselves at risk. Correct. And one other one other question I have is, and maybe this will be dictated by the guidelines that they come up with based on, you know, like state by state, uh, you know, team by team guidelines, but like masks anywhere, anytime. I don't, I don't think we even use the word masks on this show yet today. No, I, I love my mask, by the way. I've got one with the, it's all black. It's got a little American flag. Yes. Corner. Um, yes. I'm fine with mine. I wore it like throughout the entire birth of my son. It was fine. It's no big deal. 
I'm glad you're allowed in the delivery room. I'm a little. Yeah. No, you should be fine. Uh, but that's about the only place I've been allowed. So it's fine. It'll be all right. By the way, audience, I am expecting hey! November. It's also a boy. You will be proud to know that I hit the drop board and I I just I was trying to wake it up and I hit the applause one right out of the gate. So <laughs> it's gotta be fate. Gotta be fate. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm I'm hoping that we're gonna see baseball. I really am because I do miss baseball. I just want everybody to be safe. That's really what this all comes down to. And I know I'm a pessimist by nature and like years of studying this game has really, really like worn on my love for baseball. I'll tell you that, but I still love baseball. I want to see it happen. I just don't know that it's going to in the the way that we all want it to. And I, I just don't see the logic in trying to cram it down people's throats when like, we're just not there yet. It's not cramming it down people's throats, but just trying to force it when we're not there yet. Well, they're just following the example that they've been given. It's a good point. It's a very I'll good point. Much. Until then, like go Dinos. KBO's doing it right. Dinos are 32 and 14. We had a good uh, set over the weekend of our two teams going against each other. What, what was the outcome? I watched two of the games. It was three to two Dinos. And then uh, the Kiwoom Heroes have surged to second place. So it's Dinos, Heroes, Bears. Bears. Yeah. They're, two, they're getting their stride in here. That's for sure. So. I love it. I've been watching a ton of that. That's a lot of fun. It's getting me my fix. It is somewhere between like triple A and double A or maybe triple A. Yeah, it's like lower grade baseball, but those guys got fucking swagger and it is fun to watch. So that's been sort of a godsend for me, at least. We're keeping on it. That's for sure. But dude, I'll tell you, though, I'm excited about the prospect of a full season happening in nine weeks. That's going to be wild. God, I hope I again, I hope it goes so well. Um, because the playoff situation is going to be legit. There's going to be 10 teams. Yes. And I like people will still be kind of quote unquote starving for baseball by that point. Yeah. And if they, if they play their cards, right, if everything does start to get better, like fucking magically, we know that's not going to happen, but if it did, they could market the hell out of those playoff games and make like an absolute killing and like spin up some new fans. Cause no one's watching anything else. This is a real missed opportunity if they fuck it up. Well, they will fuck it up. They never market these types of things properly, and we will continue to let them have it because they're clearly listening. They're clearly listening. So we'll make sure to keep everybody updated on where we are. We'll probably do some live watch stuff to start the season. I think we have to. I don't. I, don't, I think we have to also. I, I agree. So we'll do I that. We'll contract. Yes, I think we we got to get some MLB the show stuff going. We're going to do that. We've been talking about that. We're going to make that happen. Uh, I, I kind of went off and, and had a child. Well, my wife did. So that's kind of made things a little bit hectic for me. But hey, we'll get it worked out. We're going to get sensibly loud game night back here pretty soon. I can't wait. So I would love to. Yeah. We'll have Ben Baseball back hopefully next week. He, uh, one of his little ones wasn't feeling well. So we wish her the best. Hope she feels better. And uh, we're going to get out of here, I think. Uh, any other closing thoughts, buddy? Nope, I'm good. All right. Well, we want to remind everyone to check us out at sensiblyloud.com. We want to remind everyone to also follow us on social media. That's on Facebook at Sensibly Loud Media and on Twitter and on Instagram at Sensibly Loud. Make sure to check everything out. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the pod. And we will be here throughout the rest of this quote-unquote season to keep you guys updated on what's going on and how the standings look and what was pissing us off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we thank you guys for joining us. We want to remind everyone to not text and drive. Big ups to Kevin Towers. We'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast.